good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. If you remember, my name is Sofia. I am 17 years old now. I live in Mexico, and I'm extremely passionate about exponential technologies, including gene editing, synthetic biology, artificial intelligence, and more. In this podcast, I talk about exponential technologies and how you can get started in innovation, entrepreneurship, personal development, and more from the perspective, obviously, of a teenager living in the 21st century. I hope that you've listened to other episodes. If you haven't yet, I would totally recommend to check them out um, after listening to this one, in which I have a little talk with a nanotech or chemistry student from my institution in university. She is in her undergraduate years, and she's participated in iGEM. She has also been part of a microfluidics lab and has some ideas uh, about working with um, bacteria that produce electricity in the future. So we'll be talking about that for sure on this podcast, as well as some of her side projects, if we can call them like that. So let's continue with the conversation. We were previously talking about the Diane Jamboree and how you met George Church there, which was amazing, I guess. And moving on chronologically again, the next thing that happened was that you started working at this microfluidics lab. So tell us about that experience. Yeah, so after iGen, because I was so unfulfilled with all of these things that I had learned um, that I could not apply with iGen. Um, I wanted to go on to the next step and I decided to join a research group, which is where I am working right now, which is the Alberts Fujillo Lab. I love them. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell Sophie to put it in the description. Sure, I don't sure. know how this works, but yeah, it's super amazing. And it's a tissue engineering lab. So we focus mainly on that. For sure, tissue engineering sounds definitely interesting, but I mentioned microfluidics at the beginning because we were talking about this previously, and you know, it sounds like a complicated word, and I'm not sure that I know what it refers to, and I'm not sure that everyone on this podcast knows, so maybe could you define or explain us what microfluidics is? Yeah, of course. So my main project in my lab is um, the microfluidics project, which is the we do three-dimensional cancer tumor models using microfluidics. In this case, our microfluidic device is super simple compared to a lot of the microfluidics that is out there. So we deal with droplet-based microfluidics and our device is made out of a material called PMMA, which is acrylic. Uh, usually these devices are made of PDMS, which is sort of like a gel-like material, pretty spongy. Um, that is a process that it is a harder to do, it is longer, it takes more time, more money. So we decided to um, design this very simple device to create our droplets and, and create these tumor models. So what we do is that first we, well, first of all, how do you create a cancer tumor model? And yeah. what is it, how do you come with this up into the laboratory. Yeah. So these cancer tumor models, or the most basic cancer tumor model is called the spheroid. Um, and the spheroid is usually micrometric, sometimes it could be millimetric. Uh, and it is literally a bubble, like a little droplet. Mm -hmm. 
of fluid that has cells in it. Our spheroids, for example, are made up with um, hydrogel that we use as a scaffold called gelma. And the gelma is uh, based off of gelatin, like pork gelatin, uh, and it's methacrylated, so it photocrystallines with UV light. So we mix gelma with whatever concentration of cancer cells that we have, in this case, breast cancer cells. And then we introduce them into our device and it goes into a T-junction. So a T-junction is two channels that are perpendicular to each other. Um, from one inlet, you put in your gelma with your cells. From another inlet, you put your mineral oil, which is whatever the phase that helps the physics work and create this uplet so you don't create like a blob of gel and hydrogel with cells. You actually have like tiny droplets. And this is how we create our droplets. Very interesting for sure. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And now walking or moving towards the end of this episode, I want to ask you a question that I've personally had for a long time because I've seen that science these days, or maybe it's just my perception, is mostly done in academia, so in universities and college and at a postgraduate level. And not really like bioentrepreneurship is something that is still like growing. So in short, um, my question for you is, what's been your experience in the academia world? What have been the positive aspects uh, in your opinion and the negative ones as an undergraduate researcher? So first of all, I want to say a disclaimer that I'm like a baby in academia. <laughs> Young researchers are usually the student doctorates or the ones that have just graduated from the doctorate. Um, maybe a little bit farther into their careers, and I'm just an undergrad, so I'm just like on the surface scraping whatever academia is. So um, in my case, academia is like super fun. It's a way in which you can learn many things. Um, I'm probably gonna study up to a PhD level. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, I, as you said, like I don't see myself either staying in academia my whole life. There are people who actually want to be professors, sometimes PIs. I, I, I have, like I say, different sort of projects in my mind. Even though uh, my actual research project has led me to some pretty amazing opportunities, like for example, I was able to present the microfluidics um, research at the AICHE annual meeting this year, as well as the BMES annual meeting this year. Both were virtual, <laughs> but it was actually, it was pretty fun. I got to meet very awesome people in there and attend some really amazing conferences. And, you know, there's always, as I said before, like good things and bad things about everything. In my case, academia, for example, here in Mexico is not super well paid. Like. Even if you're a PI, you can live well, of course, but it's pretty hard to reach that level. And it's super challenging compared to other parts in the world in which science is more embraced. So that is not an option for me here in Mexico. If I were to go to the United States, obviously, like I'm not an expert, but from what I've heard is that there are not enough um, jobs for professors and PIs. So there's already like, a limit of, of people that can get into these positions. So it's also somewhat challenging. Um, 
Another thing is that, I don't know, like, I, I have this, like, curiosity for bioentrepreneurship and going into other different projects. So right now I have this, like, very crazy idea, which is, it's just, it's just an idea. I haven't even read very much about it, but I'm just going to talk about it. It's, there is this bacteria that's called Geobacter sulfuridusans which are able to take humidity from the environment and produce electricity. And they do this by having these nanowires attached to them. They produce them. And these nanowires are able to conduct electricity and they're proteins with metallic properties. So they act like metals when they're actually proteins and they're a green technology that doesn't take any resources from the planet, literally just humidity. Uh, and yeah, they're protein. So I think they have an enormous potential. They have been made to biosensors. They're actually right now being worked by Dr. Derek Lovely um, at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. So I think he's he's the one I've seen the most involved in this project. He's actually the one that developed it. And yeah, one of the pioneers in the area. So I, I would like to get involved in the research of these type Obviously, I also love genetic engineering, and I also love microfluidics, so I have no idea of where I'm going to go in the future, but yeah. somewhere around there, maybe. Hmm. I guess it's curious to know how people who I consider to be successful don't always know what their future is going to look like or aren't sure or completely sure about that. So who knows, maybe a common trait. Now, uh, finally, to wrap this up, tell us about your YouTube channel. I heard on Twitter or saw on Twitter that you started one, and it sounds definitely interesting. So first about my YouTube channel, it's, I, I really just have one video uploaded to it, and it's in Spanish. I'm working on adding captions probably in the near future. Yeah. But I, I have had this, like, like, Strong. want to get involved into science communication. I think it's something that involves anyone who's involved in science and who's passionate about the subject to go out and explain whatever we do in the laboratory, whatever we do, and like how we do research, how science discover, how science is like developed. Right now with COVID, there's so much misinformation about yeah. like the virus and the vaccines now that they're being developed so i think like i want i have been wanting to get involved in this and there are many areas in science communications that you can get involved in so but but one <laughs> of the areas of opportunity that i saw was that students sometimes high school or undergraduates don't know how to get involved in research they're interested in the area they just don't know how to go further and i'm not an expert i'm just like starting with this but i i wanted to upload this video about how to get involved in research as an undergraduate student or maybe even high school student for all of those people that don't know where to find the information where to find a lab how to send an email how to write your cv so I uploaded that first video and I'm working on the next. I don't know if it's gonna go in, in, the, in the same path or not, but up till now it's like going like that. Uh, I also have a Twitter account. Um, 
called, like, it's Yvonne Lomeli L, which is my name um, and last name. And my LinkedIn, same Yvonne Lomeli. Uh, my YouTube channel, same Yvonne Lomeli. <laughs> Awesome. So I'll make sure that I'll link everything on the description below. As always, you'll find Yvonne's LinkedIn, Twitter, as well as her YouTube channel. We hope uh, to see you become the next biotech influencer for Latin America and the world. Uh, so thank you very much for coming, Yvonne. I'm sure that everyone who listened to this episode could take some really good lessons out of it. Maybe they'll contact you on your social media accounts to continue the conversation and yeah, and just chat. So thank you again. Again, and I hope I'll see you later continuing with your projects and succeeding. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. Cool. So for you who are listening to this episode, thank you very much for taking the time. This was a little bit of a shorter one because, well, it's just part two. But if you found it to be valuable, then don't forget to share it with anyone who might uh, also take value out of this podcast. Because that's the point, right? To help other young or whatever the age people around the world. It's a community. So if you also want to continue the conversation, I am on Twitter at 2045 podcast as well as on instagram at 2045 podcast don't forget that we have almost weekly episodes i'm doing my best to make that possible and i also um like share some quotes of unicorn people people who impact millions of people around the world i share them just to um again give more value to the community so i'll see you later bye